Second Pot Podcast listeners, this is Serena Wolf, and I am coming to you from the recording studio at Trinity United Methodist Church in Grove City, Ohio, and I am sitting here with... Caleb Spiker. Who's way more excited to be here in the studio than he just sounded. Anyway, uh, we've got some stuff to talk about. Caleb? Cool. Let's do it. So, Caleb, this was an exciting weekend at Trinity. Yes, it was. I, you know, I had no idea going into this weekend just how exciting it was about to get. Yeah. Like we, who was I talking to about that? Um, I think it was uh, uh, Linda and Chris. Yeah, yesterday. We saying, yeah, we, we You did. and I were, yeah, we had been in a meeting with a couple of women from the church, and yeah. after the meeting, we had the post-meeting meeting to talk about other things. Yeah, that, that we hadn't really marketed all the fun new stuff that's going to start this week. I said, yeah, by design. Like, you don't want to miss because you never know when something special may happen. Was it really by design? Nope. I was going to say, it really just felt like this, uh, oh, our sister Sue has a word for this. The it's complex moment. Yes, thank you. Like, yep. four pretty big things happened... And at least two or three of them were decided out of necessity, mm-hmm. fairly last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but no, things were good. They yeah, were great. It was, a, it was a fun. It was a fun week in church. It was oh, it was so good. Our new uh, music director, yeah. Sam McCoy, uh, got some instruments into the sanctuary, and it was so good. It was so good. You know, I I had forgotten how much easier congregational singing is when there's a rhythm section. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, because we had... So we had our St. Rosemary on mm-hmm. the piano. I, I can't imagine Trinity without Rosemary Davis. She is... Well, I mean, there's never been a Trinity without there Rosemary Davis. There hasn't ever Davis, been so. a Trinity without Rosemary Davis. Uh, she is such a blessing. Yep. Uh, then we had a... Sam was on the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then had, Chris was on bass, and Tommy was on guitar, and Peggy yeah. sang. Yeah. I think yeah. that was the best I've heard Peggy sing. Yeah. She sounded really good on Sunday. She did. She really did. She's she's a beautiful soul, and her voice sounded beautiful. Um, so, so yeah, we had some new worship music. Uh, you changed up preaching a little bit. You went old school. Yeah. We went, you know, one, one sermon rather than, you know, breaking it up. Cause yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, we, we broke it up cause, um, you know. Cause nobody wants to sit and stare at a screen of a headshot of a pastor talking for, yeah, exactly. For 20 right. minutes. Yeah. Um, and then we just carried that on. And, uh, with, you know, we're, we're in, uh, a series and a topic that it just, it doesn't lend itself as well to that style of preaching. Yeah. So we went old school and I think it was, it was less painful than I thought it would be, you know, it's kind of like hadn't preached regular sermon and 
just almost in, two years. In case we have listeners who uh, don't attra- uh, don't attend Trinity uh, for worship, <clears throat> so basically what we've had in a worship service is one sermon in three movements. So like we'd have we'd we'd welcome everyone and we'd sing a song, and then we'd have like a sermonette, right? And then we'd sing again and we you know did a couple other things, and then another sermonette. And then we'd sing in the, the third sermonette. Now, those sermons were all, the sermonettes were all connected, but, you know. On uh, good weeks. Well, I, no, <laughs> they, they were all connected. It was good. It was good. Um, I think the, the, that experiment was successful. Um, but, yeah, so now, now you had the sermon, and I thought it was a good sermon. I... Didn't get to worship with Trinity in the congregation because I had the kids downstairs for junior church, which was really exciting. Yeah. So, uh, but I listened to the sermon. <clears throat> I thought it was great. Uh, we are talking about money, which yeah. is every pastor's favorite thing to talk about. Well, I mean, here's the thing about money, right? Like... You cannot preach the Gospels without preaching about money. Jesus talks about money all the time. Yeah. All the time. He, he doesn't stop. Like, like, there's a reason why we see the disciples going to Jesus and saying, Jesus, teach us how to pray. But they never say, Jesus, what should we think about money? <laughs> Because he's talking about money all the time. Like, he's talking about money more than he's talking about prayer. So they need some clarification about the prayer stuff, the money stuff they got. Yeah. Right? No. I mean, you know, just like our lives, it was it's a, it was a daily part of living. Yeah. Like, and just like now, back then, you know, the evil one's most favorite tool to make it difficult to relate to God is fear of money. It was then, it is now. It will be until the parousia. That Which is the fancy theological word for the return of Jesus and the reign then of Christ on earth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, you know, Jesus talks about money all the time because people were freaking about, about it then and we're going to talk about money now because people are freaking out about it now. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like we cannot preach the Gospels without finding ourselves talking about money at one point or another. Yeah. Well, I mean, wealth, you know, it's a form of power. And uh, (sighs) humans aren't real good at uh, maintaining a healthy relationship with power or wealth. and it doesn't matter if you have lots of wealth or you have little wealth. Um, it's this, it's two sides of the same coin. You can struggle with poverty and be a slave to wealth in, um, in an unhealthy relationship to money if you are in poverty. And you can be a slave to wealth and have an unhealthy relationship with money if you are wealthy. So... so uh, my new favorite arbitrary life verse. Excellent. Comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 2. 
Mm-hmm. Solomon writes that for the one who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the task of amassing wealth. <laughs> Only to give it to the one who pleases God. Yeah, yeah. This is the, the uh, this task of the wicked is futile, like chasing the wind. Man, that's Solomon. He's a wise dude. I love it. Yeah, and you know it. It's funny because, uh, like pastors, you know, you're not the only pastor that's been like Jesus talks about money all the time. Like lots of pastors say this because it's true. But but I think the pastor who doesn't say Jesus talks about money all the time probably hasn't actually read the Bible very much. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, it's not just it's not that Jesus like just talks about money, but you know, it's it's in his interaction with people who are wealthy and with people who are poor, mm-hmm. and it's in the parables, and it, it's yeah, it's everywhere. And, you know... It's an ever-present reality in the first century, much like it's an ever-present reality in the 21st. Turns out it doesn't matter what type of economy you have. If you have an economy that's something other than bartering, bartering, if you have a currency... If there is any fiat currency. Yeah. 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 Well, and even with bartering, right? Like, like we have, uh, you know, the the parable of the man who has a great harvest and builds big barns and says, I am safe now. My <laughs> secure, my future is secure. And that very night his life was asked of him. Right. Like it doesn't matter if it's money or if it's yeah. stuff, right? Like any time that we, um, we find our security in having enough of something. Yeah. Like we've, you know, we're on the road to ruin. And it's interesting um, being somebody who, you know, lived in uh, li- lived in a family that was well below the poverty level growing up, right? And then coming into adulthood and, you know, being pretty solid middle class, like not terribly low middle class, definitely not high middle class, Uh yeah, I can say that um, getting more money does not get you happier. It doesn't make life easier. I mean, in some ways it does, but it just, it's just a different set of problems then. Like, I... We, we find a way to spend as much money as we have if we, if we aren't intentional about... Well, if we're not intentional in this day and age, we find a way to spend money we don't have. That's true. We don't yet have. Um, so, so this week in the sermon, Caleb, you talked about um, three ways of relating to uh, wealth in particular, but not just wealth, but to like the Christian life in general, mm-hmm. right? Um, we can be consumers, we can be contributors, or we can be creators. Mm-hmm. And when you first threw this out there for, uh, I think you sent it to me and Sam, I was like, I love this. And as you explained it, it was really good. Um, so set that, set that up. Tell me, tell me the basic, uh, or tell our listeners kind of where you're going and what, what that's about. So the standard operating procedure for a culture is that of consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, we are 
enculturated into this idea that, um, you know, uh, we consume, therefore we exist. Yeah. Right. We um, have our individual brands even. Like, I hate that, right? No. Like, brand yourself. No, um, no thanks. You know, so, like, in the life of the church, you know, this can look like, um, you know, if you decide to go to church on a particular Sunday, you determine whether church was good or not based on if we sang the songs that you like, if you felt fed by the pastor's sermon, if you got out on time to beat the Baptist to Bob Evans. Which for Methodists is really easy to do. Anyway, yeah. proceed. Um, you know, like any number of, of sort of, you know, this is my time. Did I spend my time in a way that was personally beneficial to me? Um, and, you know, from that, you know, there's, like, in, in, like, what Christian maturity looks like, um, you know, is, you know, we're, we're calling it, uh, create, like, moving from consumer to creator. Um, and what maturity looks like is recognizing that, all your time and all your stuff isn't yours to begin with. Um, but that everything that we have has been given to us by God to steward. Um, I heard a, uh, a ecologist, um, say that, uh, um, you know, the, the key to conservation of habitat is recognizing that it's not yours, it's just your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, part of, of Christian maturity is understanding that, that what we have isn't ours, it's just our turn to manage it. Um, you know, so what it looks like for the, the creator to go to church, like it's, it's like you go because you love Jesus. Like you go because, you know, the you fully expect that you will have an encounter with the living God in the presence of God's people. Um, like the sermon can be a real stinker and that's irrelevant because, you know, the spirit can speak to you even through a stinker of a sermon. Um, we can sing only the hymns that you hate and you are perfectly fine with it because it's not about you. We weren't singing for you. We're singing for Jesus. And even if you hated him, Jesus might not. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I think there's kind of this, this middle place um, where none of us get to stay very long. Um, but sadly, um, it has been kind of lifted up as, you know, what can be the um, sort of the end goal in a lot of mainline churches. And yeah. that's this place of contribution where you're a contributor where instead of just saying like, instead of thinking that you pay for church, you know, you are, you believe in the mission, you support the church's mission. Now that is, you know, that, that, that is better than the sort of selfish consumption. 
Um, but it's still not moving into where God, you know, wants us to, to move. I mean, it's still not a place of maturity. Um, you know, the, the contributor will give their time and their energy and their resources to a mission that they deem is worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, but a creator, it's, it's, it's at this, this creator place that you, um, you figure out why you're on this planet. Um, and you realize that all of your time and all of your energy and all of your resources are God's to begin with. And what he's given you is what you can contribute to the world to, uh, make a difference and, you know, uh, be part of the inbreaking of the kingdom. It's funny as you're sitting here, you know, talking, going through these things and talking about this idea of the contributor. Um, it dawned on me. I was thinking back to a few weeks ago when we <clears throat> confirmed our final student. Um, yeah, like this is this is actually when someone joins the United Methodist Church. This is what this is all we ask. Yep. Like, will you participate faithfully in this ministry through your presence, your prayers, and your Presence, prayers, and this is bad. I can't remember. Uh, it's three Ps, isn't it? Presence, prayers. I thought gifts was the third one. Maybe not. Hmm? I thought gifts was the third oh, one. Oh, maybe, maybe it not. is, yeah. Anyway, like the bar is so low. It's so low. Um, it, so it's funny to me, um, you know, my experience growing up as a Christian, like, I don't ever remember, you know, after church when I was a kid, my mom would take me and my sister over to my grandma's, and my aunt and uncle would bring their two kids, uh, and, you know, my other aunt would bring her kids, and we would all have dinner together after church. And maybe I missed it <clears throat> because I was younger, but like I don't ever remember people talking about like anything negative about church, right? Like we didn't go to church to be entertained. Hmm. We went to church because that's what Christians do on a Sunday. You go to church and you worship God. Um, you see your brothers and sisters in Christ and encourage one another. So it, it like when I learned that, oh, there are people who go to church who, like, when they get upset with something happening in the church, they withhold their money, and they don't, they don't attend anymore. I was like, what? Like, that's not... What? That's not what this is. That's not what this is. So... Well, and part of it is that, you know, you grew up in a church that had the culture of, if someone doesn't want to be here, we don't care. Well, yeah. <laughs> right? uh, it's like, uh, like we are not seeker sensitive. Like we are what we are. And if you want to be here, great. And if you don't, you know, you don't need to be. But I mean, like. Whereas, you know, Methodism, like United Methodism especially, yeah. has had this, you know, misguided idea that it can somehow be America's state religion. And, you know, we can appeal to everybody and, you know, be everything for everybody. And it's like, that's. Yeah. That's not the way things work. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so the Baptist church of my youth is not what the Baptist church has become today, right? Like this was, you know, I was young and the, the conservative takeover was beginning, right? But, you know, like I remember church fondly as a place where people loved Jesus. We talked about Jesus. Sometimes the pastor would hit the pulpit and yell a little, uh, but people loved me too, right? So, it, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't my understanding of what it meant to be in the church or a part of the church. Um, so it 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 was a culture shock, but also like you know, growing up in Appalachia, Ohio, um, maybe the consumerism mindset wasn't quite as strong because when you don't have a lot of money to consume things with, you know. There are other things in life. Um, yeah. So my question after listening to this is um, what, what can we do to experience transformation so that we move from being consumers to creators, which like when I hear you talk about that, this is probably intentional on your part. Like this is, this is the image of God in us, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is restoring the image of God in us. So we move from being... Whereas God creates ex nihilo out of nothing, we create out of what God has given us. Yes. So, so in your opinion, Caleb, what are the things we can do to position ourselves, like to get ready so that God can change our hearts so that we move out of that consumer mindset. Cause that's like, that's serious transformation, man. Like I think almost everyone defines themselves by either what they do for a living, where they live, you know, what phone do you own? What are you Mac or PC? Are you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what can we do to experience God's grace in this and transformation? We can show up. Like when you show up, good things happen, right? Like there is, it is not some sophisticated multi-step process. Mm-hmm. But the consumers are showing up. It's discipline. But the consumers right. are showing up, Right. Sometimes, <laughs> like uh, that's you know, true. Uh, uh, according yeah. to the data, it's you know one point four times a month over the last decade, right? Yeah. Um, and this is just for Sunday morning, right? But like you know, this baffles like, me. Are, are we? You know, I mean, like it's it, it's it is not rocket science. Like we talk about this stuff all the time. You know, we know what it takes to grow deep with Jesus. Participation in accountable discipleship. Having a group who knows you, who will hold you accountable, that um, you know will ask you and not let you off the hook about whether you are reading the Bible, having a prayer life, looking for ways to bless others and share your faith. Right, like, you know, like the, 
like I, I think for for years part of where we've we've fallen off the the rails a little bit is you know we've talked about you know like everyone knows Christians pray everyone knows Christians read their Bible everyone knows you know Christians share their faith yeah but the problem is when you don't have communities of accountability to like actually say hey you've been reading your Bible we know you have because you're a Christian what has God been teaching you in that mm-hmm. hey you've been praying like have you been enjoying prayer time? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. When was the last time you talked to someone about your faith? Like these, these fundamental. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's the questions that that we use as as a church here at Trinity. You know these, uh, you know these these reflection questions that that play out. You know when we come together to say um, because. Like, none of us figure this stuff out on our own, right? right. Like, like we need the community. Um, so, yeah, like you want to move from being a, a consumer to, you know, someone who understands why they're on this planet and how God wants to use them to be a part of the kingdom. I mean, probably the top thing you can do is get serious about, your discipleship practices. You You know, know, it's so funny. um, Not being somebody into sports, like Paul's, St. Paul, the apostle, Mm -hmm. his analogy about like, you know, disciplining the body. Like I always found this, I'm like, okay, sure. Um, But here's the thing. Like I'm trying to be a runner, Mm. right? I have a 10 mile long run this weekend coming up. I can't run 10 miles if I don't run at least two other times during the week. Like, you can't do it. You can't. Mm -hmm. And I, so suddenly, you know, all of this has new meaning to me, right? Like, I can't be a Christian if my spiritual discipline needs to include reading scripture, prayer, the sacraments, and public worship. I'm like, that's the minimum, right? Like, how can I be a Christian if I'm only doing those things? Like, if I'm only coming to church once a month, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to live this life as a Christian. If I only run my long runs, I'm going to fail as a runner. And if I don't do my long run come September 26th, I'm not going to make it across the finish line. Like... And, you know, like, in the, you know, there are these just genetic freaks out there who can just run and don't have to train. Uh, sure, but those are, but. But, like, here's the thing, like. They'll still get hurt. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I am. No, yeah, no. Like the there is like I I don't like I I know a lot of people and a lot of Christians and I know no one who can just you know stay in a healthy relationship with God living an undisciplined life. Like it just it doesn't yeah. happen that way. 
Well, nothing in life works that way, right? Like if you don't give a child routine, a child will not develop well, right? If you don't make sure you feed your body at certain times and meet certain nutritional requirements, your body is not going to be healthy. You know, yeah. And this consumer mindset thing is so deeply ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. And and I, you know, I think it's, it's important to say here too, like uh, our, our buddy Matt just wrote an article for Firebrand talking about the necessity for, you know, face to face, like bodily physical presence, like for Christian practice. Yeah. Um, Because like (laughs) sitting at home and watching TBN, is not the same as Mm-mm. participating in the life of a church. It is not. Um, you know, listening to the second pop podcast will not make you a disciple of Jesus. Nope. And we try, but, you know, it's not going to work that way. Like, you need a community. And really, you need a community within the community. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday at care team, we were talking about what does it look like to do care team well, and ultimately if we want people to be cared for, like if you want to be cared for, if you want someone to be there, like being a part of an accountable discipleship group is how it happens. So um, we're, we're using some language here that some listeners might not be familiar with. At Trinity, we have a ministry team called the care team, and uh, this is a group of very loving people. Um, who in the past have visited the sick, um, you know, been a led worship at senior living facilities to bless our shut-ins. You know, when there is a death, they surround the family, provide food, Mm -hmm. set up, you know. um, They care for the members of the church. Because when you're a part of a church, typically you expect that if something bad happens in your life, people from the church are going to support you in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, you can't, there, you know, we sit in the care team and talk about different things facing people at Trinity. Um, but, you know, we aren't actively involved in all those people's lives. How can we possibly care well for them? We yeah, I mean, like, the top-down approach to Christianity, it, it, it just, it, it comes out short. Yeah. It comes out short. Like, you know, you need your, you know, you need the people who know you. You know, and in Methodism historically, you know, we've class meetings, we've band meetings, you know, um, you know, one of the things that we're starting to experiment with here is this idea of, you know, gospel families. You know, how do you, um, you know, do accountable discipleship within the home with your spouse and children, um, with well, your grandkids, you know, with whoever's there with you? And all of this is really just how do you be a Christian? More than one hour a week. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, coming to church is better than not going to church. Right? 
Like you won't, like you experience God differently at church than you would if you didn't come. Um, but coming to church is kind of like the starting point, right? Like coming to church, you're in the door, but you're like until you start intentionally connecting and building relationships with other people at your church. I, I don't I don't know why you'd keep coming. No, I mean, like I know, like when I was in college, I didn't go to church. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like what was the point of, you know, an hour a week? I mean, I was at Cedarville, so I mean, we had chapel five days a week. Like it was just a matter of like hearing preaching, you know, I had, you know, three days a week, you know, some of the best preachers in the country came in and preached at chapel. Like, why would I go and listen to, you know, Pastor Bill and his, you know, 37-person church outside of town? Did they ever talk you know, about like that? If, if we were talking about, like, if, if it was simply a matter of consumption, uh-huh. right, like, I was full through what was going on there. Like, going to church made no sense to me because it's like, in my mind, church was about, like, building these relationships, and that wasn't going to happen. But, like with, but did Cedarville, did they ever talk to the student body? Like, okay, you're coming to chapel. You also need to be a part of the local church. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you they, just went, whatever. Well, no, it, it, like, the they said we needed to, but there was no resources for actually making it happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's it's like, yeah, be a part of the, the local church. Uh, but you can't have a car on campus your first two years. And uh, <laughs> precisely, we aren't within walking distance of any churches. So, yeah. This is before Uber. Yes. Uber was not yet a thing. Did you have a cell phone? It flipped. Yeah. And had a walkie talkie on the side. I didn't have a cell phone in college. I'm old. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's interesting to me, uh, but it's like everything else. It's like anything we do, right? Like you can't actually be a part of something if you don't show up. And if you are training to live a Christian life, coming to church once a month or every other weekend isn't, you're, like you're still going to experience God's grace. There's still value in it. But why? Why bother? Why do that? It's like it's like at Christmas, only looking in the stocking and not opening any of the presents that are wrapped under the tree. Yeah, you're missing the point. Well, I mean, well, I mean, that... just missing missing the majority of it, right? Yeah. Like, it's like if. If the only practices of your Christian life are, you know, revolve around infrequent Sunday morning attendance, I mean, that is like from the, like, what is the gift of faith? I mean, that is the equivalent of on Christmas morning, only going to your stocking, getting your, you know, new pack of underwear and toothbrush and toothpaste and Tic Tacs. Who does stockings at your house? That's awful. That's, I mean, like, there's there's usually, like, a little flashlight in there, too, right? But, and batteries. But it's like, yeah, you never get to, 
Like there's a bike under the tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like there's an Xbox under the tree. Right. Like, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and people say, well, you know, I just, I just wasn't getting much out of, out of my faith. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the, the whole Tyler, the ex swimmer thing, right? It's yeah. like, yeah. I don't know that listeners know what that is. You may want to. So my main man, Hans, over at uh, Lutheran Satire. Um, Lutheran Satire is a... Uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, a YouTube channel that does wonderful, you know, if... Anyway, if you if you know yeah. anything about the Lutheran faith, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. He, he did a f- video a few years back uh, about Tyler the ex-swimmer. Um. And it was, you know, this hip guy named Tyler. I used to love swimming. It used to be the most important part of my life. But no one, like, and, and basically it was, like, he was making fun of um, ex-evangelicals. People who have been involved in the evangelical church and left. Yeah. Um, and, like, a lot of their reasons. And it's like, so what you're saying is you just never developed a mature faith, right? Like you, yeah, you decide you don't want to consume evangelicalism anymore. You want to consume something else. Well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's so funny. The deconstruction of the faith. You hear people talk about, I'm deconstructing my faith. It's interesting to me how a lot of people deconstructing the faith leads them into progressive Christianity. It's interesting. I deconstructed my faith. It led me to the church fathers. <laughs> like, like it, it. Well, that's because it's not actually deconstruction, right? Like, yeah. like Leotard would be rolling over in his grave oh, yeah. at what yeah. is being passed off as deconstruction. Yeah. Um, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, like the. I mean, if we're just making a list of all the stupid stuff that, you know, the church you grew up in did, right? Like, like that's easy, right? Like, I mean, if you want to make a list of all the stupid stuff the church universal has done. Yeah, it's you know, not hard. It's boring. But you know what? I, I find it boring. It is. I'm like, of course we messed up. We're still people. Next. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But. Well, I am excited about this sermon series. Um, I know what's coming next, and I, I can't wait to hear. Uh, I can't wait to hear the coming sermons and be parts, you know, be a part of the conversation that comes from it. So, good work well, this I, weekend. I'm excited to see the the band continue to get better. Oh man, cause... I'm excited. We had one one family. Uh, a mom told me that her little girl was so excited about junior church that they were going to change the time they were going out of town so that she could come. (laughs) That's good stuff. Oh, man, it made me so happy. This is the same little girl that was like, she saw me at a party outside of church. She's like, Pastor Serena, when am I going to get more buttons? (laughs) Because we gave buttons for memorizing scripture. So this does my heart good. That's why I'm here. Uh, All right. Uh, You're feeling thirsty? I am. I'm, I'm starting to drag. Let's let's 
Let's have a drink of caffeine. All right, Caleb, this was not my plan today. My plan today was actually to pick up some caffeine from Starbucks that is neither a tea nor a coffee. Oh, good. But the line was ridiculous. Mm. So instead, I ran into the supermarket and uh, I only had a, I had limited choices. We had Red Bull and then the cans that we're holding in our hands. I mean, this looks pretty good. Yeah. Looks so, pretty good. So uh, you want to tell the listeners what we're drinking today? This is Mountain Dew Kickstart. Yeah. Mountain Dew Kickstart, which I don't know if I've had this flavor before, but uh, yeah. So Mountain Dew Kickstart, if I remember correctly, um, is like two parts Mountain Dew, three parts like orange juice. Okay. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so before we came into the studio, I, uh, I said, Caleb, here are the cans. So you picked up one flavor, the pineapple orange mango. Yeah. And I picked up the black cherry. Um, before we break into these, well, you can break into yours. I'm a little disappointed. The caffeine content. Okay. So this is a 16 ounce can. There are only 92 milligrams of caffeine in this. That's not a kickstart Mountain Dew. I mean, it's it's a little bit Mountain Dew and a little bit orange juice. Like, it's, yeah, it's not a... Well, mine is... It's uh, not a true see. energy drink. It's, it's not. It's basically just a doctor's at doctored up orange juice. Water, high fructose corn syrup, white grape juice concentrate. Doctored up grape juice. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe it will at least be delicious. Let's let's see. It's a pretty low calorie for 16 ounces. It's only 80 calories. Mm. Mm. It's like punch. I got the black cherry, and man, it's it's pretty good. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of delightful. It's really. Sp- <coughs> I'm. We, we're pausing because we're both, I think, contemplating the after effect of the drink. I mean, it's it's, a it's sticky. It, it's punch, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I. All right, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I, uh, you know, I like punch well enough. It'd be better as a float. At least mine would. I could see that. I was thinking a little, uh, some of that like green sherbet mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. pretty pretty. I, I was thinking vanilla soft serve for mine. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven. It's good. Not as good as the uh, other Mountain Dew offerings, but it's good. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing, right? Like, what am I basing this on? If I'm basing it on taste, it, it's, a, it's a nine. Like, it, it's, it's, it's a delicious drink. Uh, if I'm basing it on caffeine content, it's a four. It comes, yeah, it's a little flat. Like, I'm disappointed. 
Um, so overall, I'm gonna. You said seven. I'm. I'm gonna give it a six. But I feel like. I feel like it can't really compete fairly against other energy drinks because I'd still prefer this over like Bang. Yeah. But not if I really need the caffeine. It's true. Um, this is the uh, the late afternoon. Just get you through yeah, the evening. Yeah, it's the two o'clock pick me up. Yeah, but it's not the uh, ten p.m. I need to stay up all night writing a paper. No. Nope. Wouldn't wouldn't help for that. It would just kind of give you a slight buzz as you fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, I I had a Mountain Dew Rise when we had friends over Monday. Uh, we were playing some board games. You win. Did I win? No. Well, let's see. That's that's a hard question to ask a board gamer because we played multiple games. Some were co-op. The one game that we played where we actually worked against each other, no, I did not win. But it was the first time I had ever played the game. Have you played Flux before? Yeah. So we just got uh, uh, Marvel-licensed Flux. Nice. And played that with the boys a couple times over the weekend. Yeah. We have Monty Python and the Holy Grail Flux. Oh, that'd be fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I like Flux. It's it's a good game. Uh and it comes in all the iterations. No, mm. we played above and below. Mm, we played that. Don't know that one. Yeah. So I thought it was a game that you told me you had played and liked, but it's clearly not. Um, I can't remember it. Yeah. No, this is like a... It was interesting. It, it was an adventure, uh, deck building, role play. It, it was it was cool. Hmm. Good. Yeah. So almost worker placement, but not quite. I don't know if any of that means anything to it you. Means nothing to me. Okay. Someday, Caleb, uh, the wolves will spend some time with the spikers and introduce you to high quality board gaming. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I got nothing to add, Caleb. I, I thought the sermon was good. I'm excited about the conversation we just had. Maybe I, if there are listeners who want to explore um, how being a consumer has impacted you as a Christian, I would highly recommend reading anything by James K.A. Smith. Mm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Jamie's got good stuff. Yeah, You Are What You Love, I think, is is kind of his most accessible writing. But he did a series, Imagining the Kingdom, Desiring the Kingdom, and I can't remember the third one. Mm. Blew my socks off. So, yeah. Uh, so... Listeners, uh, if you are a part of Trinity, we invite you to go deeper. We invite you to show up on Sunday mornings and to connect with your church family as we look to see what God is doing in our life through accountable discipleship. Yeah, and uh, there's a new group that's starting up, right? Yeah. I'm, we should I'm, probably plug that. This is, this is Wednesday, September 8th, uh, and I start a new group tomorrow night, Thursday, September 9th at 7 p.m. We're going to meet here at the church because my house is little. Um, 
And, uh, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a few weeks grace there, right? So if they oh, can't make yeah. it tomorrow, they can come the next week. And, well, you know, you probably get three or four weeks in before you kind of say, okay, here's, here's who we're going to go forward with, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's not like your group. Like, you started this, like, in addition to the spiritual practices, your group is also focused on some physical practices. My group, like... Your group's lazy. <laughs> no, that's not true. I wish the listeners could see the look on my face. Uh, uh, I'm sure they can imagine it. My group is not lazy, and uh, we're going to rock out on the spiritual disciplines. We're going to read our scripture. We're going to look for what God is doing in our lives, and we're going to share that with each other and encourage each other and pray for each other, and I'm super excited. Um, yeah. And, you know, at some point when they're like, we're bored of this, I'm going to be like, Yes! Get yourself a band. Not like, you know, <laughs> not like instruments, but like, you're bored? Let's go to a band meeting. Well, and I think, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see how uh, some of the gospel family stuff yeah. shapes up, right? Because, you know, one of the, the big sort of complaints, I shouldn't say complaints, the, the um, you know, when I talk to other dads about accountable discipleship, oftentimes it's, man... I am already separated from my family, you know, like I don't want to lose another night with them. They're getting older. Um, So, you know, what does it look like to resource moms and dads to do uh, discipleship with their kids in a consistent, intentional way? Yeah. Um, And then you have periodic, you know, parties where you celebrate what God's doing in your family. So I think that's that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty darn cool, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. Um we call it a retreat. It's a few hours. We're gonna hang out together after church. We're gonna mm-hmm. spend some time with our children, then we're gonna spend some time without our children and talk about uh, that's October third, tenth. October third. Mm-hmm. Uh immediately after worship, we're gonna have lunch. And all the parents need to be there, right? Oh man, like, I well, but seriously, it's yeah, it's so so. You know, listeners know I have a she's almost seventeen now, um, and she was telling me once, like you know, I just I feel like I like you know, you're a pastor, and I have to be at church, I, um, and I said, you know what we did before I was a pastor because I've not always been a pastor. She knows this. I've not always been a pastor. We went to church every Sunday, like. This isn't about mom's work. This is about we're Christians, and this is what we do, right? So I, as a parent, not even as a pastor, but as a parent, can't imagine a better use of three hours on your Sunday afternoon. It's true. Like, when you leave here, you're going to have a vision for how to be Christian as a family. And in a culture where we are increasingly... Uh, separated and isolated even when we're in the same house, uh, I think this is this could be revolutionary in people's lives. So yep. yeah. All right. Caleb, it's been it's been good. It's been good. Any parting words of wisdom? Got nothing. All right. Great. Well you've got caffeine. So um listeners, thanks for being here with us. Uh we look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, hopefully, the next time that I see you, you are caffeinated. 
And you're still in love with Jesus. And growing deeper in love with Jesus. More in love with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So take care, listeners. We'll see you again soon. Put a yep. second thought on. We're going to learn what's going on.